Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Chels Tars podcast. This is episode four, and we got a little fun one for you here. A little bit different style for us since didn't have the busiest week in the NHL. Um, with us today, I mean, we have our usual co-host, Kyle. Say hi. Hey, guys. Thanks for joining. <laughs> Perfect. And then also with us, we have our new... Uh, well, welcoming our new, you know, host Aaron, uh, who will be with us probably pretty consistently, I would say, and giving you a little introduction on her. She is, well, a fantasy, I would say master. She's killed us in almost every league and playoff pool that we've, you know, been in. <laughs> so before, you know, furthermore, you can introduce yourself now, Aaron. <laughs> Awesome. Hello, everybody. I'm Erin. Um, very nice introduction. Thank you, Max. I am indeed the back-to-back Chell Stars Fantasy Pool champion. <laughs> so hoping to keep the things going as we go into the next season here. Um, yeah, excited to finally be here and get going on this podcast. Perfect. I mean, any cool fun fact of yourself or is that pretty much it? <laughs> That's pretty much all I do. Win fantasy. <laughs> okay. <Wow. laughs> For now, though, don't want to jinx it. Well, I mean, you've won like last like four of six or something like that. It's ridiculous. So pretty good record. Very good. Kyle does not have that record. I'm just over here shaking my head right now. I, <laughs> All I have no legs to stand on when it comes to fantasy hockey. Yeah. <laughs> Is it a record of most last place finishes? Maybe. <laughs> Oh, whoa, I think I finished last once, and that's because I just, I got too antsy with my team. I'm usually, I'm, I'm usually middle of the pack. You are usually up there, that's right. I had a couple good seasons, but I got robbed in the playoffs. Yeah, playoffs yeah. are always rough. They're, they're, they're crapshoot. They're so hard to judge. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, well, we can always talk more fantasy another time. We got <laughs> a little bit of a, you know, roughly hour-long podcast for you. Uh, we're going to talk about, obviously, we have a few little signings that take, took place um, this past week. And then also we're going to talk about the Adidas jersey rights um, not being renewed past this season. Um, as well as just a little talk about our personal favorite and least favorite contracts in the NHL. Not so much just this past summer, since we've already given our takes on that. So I'll basically start us off here. Um, this Friday, yet again, Friday likes giving us some good news. Um, this Friday, Klingberg finally signed, finally have a big free agent signing. Uh, wasn't the most exciting deal, I would say, at least in my opinion, as he signed for one year, seven mil in Anaheim. Kyle, give us, uh, your thoughts. What a boring deal. I was hoping for some <laughs> seven-year monster deal from some team that's going to regret it two years down the road when their coach doesn't want him to play offense like he can. But with that being said, I think he'll have a good season in Anaheim next year and hopefully land a, land a sick deal next offseason. Um, I don't even know if that takes them up to the cap floor. Does anybody know off the top of your head? They're just barely above it now. Okay, okay, so that takes them to the cap floor. Anaheim will be an exciting team in a couple of years. I like what they've done with not signing any terrible long-term deals, especially Henry coming off the books in a couple of years when a lot of their 
better players are RFAs. I think they're in a good position to, to build a contender based on their prospect pool and uh, and the players that they're surrounding those prospects with. Yeah, I'd agree. They didn't want to dish out any crazy deals or just keep it nice, low profile, essentially. And maybe next summer they'll be a lot more, you know, crazy. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Aaron, what are you thinking on this deal and Anaheim in general now? Yeah, I would definitely agree that it was a good move for Anaheim. I mean, only committing to one year. If Klingberg has a good year, they can definitely try to flip him at the deadline and get some really good assets for him. And hopefully that'll be a more long-term solution for them. I do think it's an interesting choice for Klingberg himself because it is putting a lot on him to do good this season. And if he doesn't, you know, that kind of could hurt his chances of actually getting a proper long-term contract going forward. Mm-hmm. So it'll be kind of be interesting to see what he's able to commit to after this. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like I think a day or two before that, the news of him signing, he fired his agent. And, you know, obviously, who knows what behind the scenes, what went down with him obviously looking for a long-term deal and not getting that. Um, and electing to sign for one year and basically do this all over again next year. But he's really banking on himself to have a good year. Yeah, you got to wonder if he was looking for too much or being too picky because, I mean, he seemed to have a strong enough like recent history that he should have deserved a much better deal than just one year. It was definitely an interesting choice. Yeah, I mean, he definitely wasn't... I doubt he would be looking for a one-year deal. He was looking to cash in on a long-term deal, like most players his age and caliber, but he's electing to do that next year, essentially. That's got to be so stressful for him, especially going like at the end of the next year when he hits for agency again. He's going to be 30 years old. Yeah, and there's, yeah, there's a lot of pressure. That's That really takes away from, from what teams are going to be able to offer you like a seven-year deal taking you to 37 for for a guy who's kind of had an up-and-down career now. Like he started off really strong, playing under a great offensive system, um, but he's kind of taken a step back under a more defensive system of that, that Bone has had. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, I think this year will really show whether he's a good systems player or if he's a good player. Yeah. That makes sense. Big opportunity in Anaheim. He'll play a lot of minutes. And I mean, obviously, depending on how the year goes, who knows if he gets flipped at the deadline, but it's a big year for him nonetheless. Absolutely. And a $7 million contract is is great. Like, if Anaheim's going to retain half of that at the deadline, they're going to be able to, like Aaron said, pick up some good pieces. Yeah, they're they're going to be the guy that could put a team over the top oh definitely yeah they're getting free assets really like there's no like harm in signing this deal if you're anaheim i i, I love it <laughs> like yeah it's pretty much a win for them at this point big win like they're at the cap floor right now why not like <laughs> ridiculous yeah just it's it's the benefit of having cap space right it's the benefit of not giving out stupid contracts mm-hmm. that are going to hamper your team which We'll get into later on. Yeah, um, it's a benefit couple... most teams don't have. <laughs> God, no. Yeah. Yeah, so moving on here, another little minor sign just the two days before that. Uh, finally, we got news out of Edmonton. Paul Harvey signing for, uh, again, one-year deal. 
three mil. Uh, really a prove-it deal, or who knows, could be a sign-in trade, because obviously arbitration was coming up, and you don't want to lose him to offer sheet. So who knows if he's really going to actually start the season with them. So I'll pass it over to Aaron to start this one. Yeah, I mean, it's... I say it's a relatively safe deal in my opinion like again one year not that much money but I know Kyle you can touch on this a bit more you guys were talking about how McDavid might not be the biggest fan of playing with him so you got to wonder if that's going to be taken into account when it comes to next year if he's going to stay for longer yeah yeah there's been a lot I mean not a lot but but some rumblings that 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 Pugliarvi just isn't somebody that can that can make mcdavid a better player just because he's not putting the puck in the right area his timing's off a little bit mcdavid and and dry will see the game at a whole different speed it it, it it's challenging to keep up with them and i don't think pulley quite there yet maturity wise but at the same time i see i see some similarities between like the situation pulley in and the situation that that nichushkin was in yeah in dallas so yeah i mean i could be totally wrong it could turn out totally different but there's always that chance that he's just not being given the opportunity and surrounded by the right people yeah i mean with them signing you know obviously their top six is pretty signed right now i'd say obviously they kept kane so and kane has gelled pretty well i would say with mcdavid obviously have on pace for like 40 goals on the 82 game season last year whereas mm-hmm. Pauly harvey didn't seem to really be fully connecting Great analytics, but wasn't really performing on the eye test. <laughs> yeah, who knows that 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 that, that, re- that regression to the mean might might hit hard next year, and Puljujarvi really has a breakout season, and yeah, he might get paid. Who knows? Yeah, I yeah, see. he's still so young. I mean, and if he doesn't match with McDavid, I mean, there's three other lines he could definitely fit well in one of those and still be a benefit to the team somehow. Just hopefully they can find a good fit for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, almost jumping over now here to a similar boat, I would say. We're going over to the Rangers. They re-signed Capo Caco um, to a similar deal here. Let me just pull it up. Yeah, 2.1 mil a year for two years for, again, very, like, bridge deal, kind of prove-it deal. Um, obviously been a little bit disappointing so far. I know Rangers fans have been really wanting more out of them whatnot so i'll pass it over to kyle here yeah for sure um i I don't watch capo caco play all that much because i just don't follow the rangers what i've been understanding though is that is that he's just not shooting the puck enough the reason why he had such a great season leading up to the draft was because he was shooting the puck upwards of five times a game Mm -hmm. and now he's he's averaging about one shot a game so so the chances that are coming off his stick, the opportunities that he's getting in dangerous areas are super low, and he's got to find he's got to find a way to yeah. to kind of fight for those areas and, and fight for those opportunities. Um, that line was doing decent in the playoffs because it was he was playing with Lafreniere and uh, uh, Heedle. Yeah, yeah, the kid line yeah, Philip Heedle. Um, so hoping that that kind of carries over to next season for the guy at the same time i don't want to see the rangers do well but <laughs> not that. a fan <laughs> what are you thinking aaron 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not super familiar on his game either, but I do like that it's, again, more of a prove-it deal than more what we're seeing nowadays is so many long contracts being handed out to these young guys who haven't really played more than having one or two great seasons. So, I mean, he's still young, right? He's only 21, I think. Yep. Um, 21, yeah. So he has lots of time. Like, it's not a huge contract. He has the opportunity now to try to prove that he can play at a higher level like he was expected to. So hopefully there's some improvement and then he can earn a better deal for him next time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, be, I mean, New York Rangers looking like a very good team again. Uh, that kid line, I mean, who knows? I mean, I know they're looking for them to really be an effective line. Uh, the one thing you do have to note is that uh, Lafreniere and Heedle, line mates, well, possible line combination there, both are expiring contracts next year. So if they really go off this year, <laughs> New York is screwed next summer. <laughs> you think they'll be able to afford to re-sign all of them no. if let's say they do go off no, definitely no, not right no. with how many people they have expire next year no. <laughs> no especially with with uh i think they have a defenseman Kendry miller his, his yes. deals up as yeah. well big, yeah he'll be a, and he's a and he's been area. a stud for them it'll be tight squeeze yeah knowing defenseman contracts that will be a a whopper say the least yeah no kidding she's the way things are going now <laughs> all right so let's switch gears a little bit here so we're going to move into talking about the jersey situation um so obviously as we mentioned earlier we've seen adidas isn't planning on renewing their jersey rights this year so we'll just start off pretty basic who do you guys think is going to be the next jersey supplier for the nhl uh well it's an interesting question i mean i've i've before that because before this i wasn't really sure what other leagues were sponsored you know what rights were uh affiliated with them so i'm doing some research i see that nike is a big one in the in north america having most of the major sports uh ccm has you know as the provider for all three canadian junior leagues and the ahl obviously so i would say between those two those would probably be the favorites but really behind the scenes i have no idea it could be someone i don't know um who's big enough to do so like i mean i, I haven't heard any rumors about it obviously it'll probably come up a lot more near the end of this season because it still has one more year of them um but mm -hmm. maybe maybe kyle has a thought on that it, yeah it, it it's so tough um to even venture a guess like it's yeah. just so random like like what brand gets involved with these kind of deals i don't know how profitable it is to actually do these kind of deals yeah i'd I love mean... to see nike because they obviously make make most of the major sports jerseys and and they work a lot on 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 a lot of the national team jerseys as well mm -hmm. and i always find that especially the national team jerseys are pretty mint most of the time yeah i mean but i i'd also really like to see like a sleeper kind of come out and 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 bring something new to, to nhl jerseys not that they're like stagnant or anything but but i find that like a lot of teams are complacent with their designs and, and a lot of teams just don't have like overly nice designs 
So yeah, so I'd mean, love another company to come in, put a little spin on it, and hopefully give a new product. Yeah, I mean that would be interesting to see. Like I said, I don't know who a sleeper could be. Uh, whether that's like Under Armour or like I don't know, or if maybe different areas of the NHL get different rights. You know, different divisions. The Canadian teams are sponsored by Lululemon or. So who knows exactly? It could be, who knows? <laughs> yeah. So just on the subject there of different teams having different jersey sponsorships, um, we move into sort of thinking about how the NHL is kind of moving towards more branded sponsors on the helmets a little bit and getting a little bit more aggressive with that. And what are your guys' thoughts about having sponsors right on the jerseys and them all being sort of individualized with more? adverts per se than actual designs if it helps the team be more profitable um i have a hard time being against it but at the same time i can't stand like when you're watching like like uh a la liga or like a like some sort of like yeah european league and the and the jersey advertisements are all down underneath the arms like like oh, they're like covered on the goalies block or like that is the ugliest thing in my mind like yeah, put one on the helmet much. Put one on 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 the on the chest like like the top chest of the jersey and that's it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I yeah, I agree. Those jerseys over in Europe are like covered head to toe, basically. Like you almost don't even really see the logo of the team or really anything else, uh, which could put an interesting case on who gets the you know who's going to be the jersey provider because if more adverts are coming on jerseys then that obviously means less attention's going to you know the jersey provider with the former we had adidas having a big crest right above the logo right by the collar so with all these adverts coming in maybe they're blocking them and maybe like we said a lesser known company comes in and takes the spotlight because it's not going to be as profitable anymore yeah, I could definitely see if a company like Nike, for instance, was interested in having the sole sponsorship rights, I feel like they would not want to have other companies on those jerseys. So if that was the proposal from the NHL, I feel like they would almost be less likely to yeah. want to be that main sponsor. Yeah. So so two questions that, that kind of come to my mind is, or I mean, the first one's not really a question, it's more of a statement, but NBA does jersey advertisements and... NBA also has Nike jerseys. Yeah. So I wonder if Nike's more okay with there being other sponsorship on their jerseys. And maybe Adidas was like, yo, that's not what we signed up for. We thought that we would have our logo on the jersey and that's it. And yeah. you guys kind of duped us. And that's why they might have changed pace on that. But at the yeah, same that's time, an interesting statement. Yeah. But at the same time, Adidas does MLS. So, and, and soccer is famous. Or, Soccer, yeah. football, sorry, football's yeah. famous for having, uh, for having logos all over their jerseys too. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. Obviously, who knows what their contract was like? Because obviously, it's not that they're quitting out; it's just that their contract is ending. So, obviously, they're seeing the news that these jerseys are getting more and more adverts. So their next contract they probably were seeing that they wouldn't be the only one on the jersey anymore so they probably didn't like that obviously so that could be a big factor as to why 
I didn't really think about that. That's a good point. Yeah, it could be even that like the Adidas is like, okay, we were paying this much to be that sole name on the on the jersey. Yeah. NBA's cutting us this deal for that same reason because there's other logos. Um, kind of a follow up as well to to the to the Nike idea because I think that that would be the front runner. Everyone else would be would be uh, a dark horse in the race. Um, I really like what the what the NBA has done with like introducing like alternate jerseys and MLB's really been doing that over the past couple of years um, mm-hmm. because because the NBA had like a 75th anniversary alternate uniforms this past season um oh yeah nba city edition jerseys just like really cool color schemes and stuff and and this year mlb city connect was was like their line of of some of their alternate jerseys what kind of cool design i mean this is completely rhetorical question because it's just (laughs) open-ended but um what kind of cool designs could the nhl do with those same ideas of just like crazy color schemes and just like changing it up like 90 degrees or 180 degrees from where they're going. Ooh, that's a good question. Um, obviously we've seen in year to year, we've seen all these outdoor games and going to like the heritage classic kind of, uh, esque jerseys. So going for retro color schemes, we obviously have the revert re- reverse retro jerseys. Uh, last year and new ones coming this year or already saw a leak of the Canucks one as we saw <laughs> it's gorgeous um, yeah yeah if that's so, actually it if that's actually it who knows <laughs> um but I mean I mean there's so many different designs obviously you can pay off the history of the NHL with so many of these teams having such rich history and different color schemes a little bit different logos um, I know us three obviously here and a lot of you maybe listening play the game NHL. So whenever you click a team, you see all those past jerseys, which is pretty cool. So go off of that. I mean, they can have a great time designing some unique designs, I would say. It doesn't have to be old designs. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I mean, seeing how Nike, as we've said, they're so established already in all the other major sports. Like, they really know what they're doing. So if the NHL is really looking for an opportunity to sort of market their jerseys better, you know, have some more designs, have even like more different neat clothing designs in general. I feel like Nike is just the way to go because they, they already know how to design things that people are going to want. And I think they're going to be the best option if we're looking for something cool and unique. And yeah, that would actually be pretty exciting to see what they could come up with. Yeah. Yeah. It's the biggest company that would be available to do so obviously like we said they're most likely the front runner and obviously the nhl looking to continuously grow the game so any the nike would be the best to do so because with the amount of experience and with them already having you know being the providers for such other major sports and you know internationally it's almost a no-brainer yeah and they're and and, and i like what aaron talked about with like just like clothing in general from Nike, like everyone owns Nike. Yeah, I, I can't say I own any Adidas, anything, but <laughs> Nike, like like my closet, my my drawers are full of Nike stuff. So Just so it definitely would resonate, and they would have the knowledge to be able to market it to to an audience that they're trying to grow, which is going to be just like a younger 
younger yeah. audience, right? Yeah, and with all these unique unique designs, they can make it more of a you know mark more of a marketing thing. So you see all the time a little harder for NHL jerseys, but any NBA jerseys, you see people walking around wearing them a lot more than just to games so and they're always the unique design ones as well absolutely absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah anything else to add on that topic i think we no i i think i talked way more than i thought (laughs) yeah yeah no doubt no doubt just want to make sure before i segue um i think the biggest topic that that, that we're going to talk about today is just kind of going i mean we talk contracts like the past few episodes, which is really fun. Um, I love predicting if contracts are going to turn out bad or good. Um, we're going to take some time right now to go over our favorite contract, but first our least favorite contract. Um, I think this was a fun topic to kind of start to think about and, and, and discuss before the episode because there's a whole bunch of different approaches to talk about this because you can either look at a contract straight up and be like, that's a bad contract. The player's not worth that. Or you can kind of look at it in more of like how it fits in, into the team and how it how it affects like what kind of players they can acquire and their cap flexibility. So with no further ado, um, me I'm going to get Max to jump into what he thinks is one of the top three bat, worst contracts in the league. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, this is, a, I think, obviously just by doing my little prior research here and just by looking throughout the NHL in this past few weeks seeing all these signings I see it's a lot harder to find best better like good looking contracts than bad I found a lot more (laughs) bad ones I would say in my mind at least Um, and look no further ado than Seth Jones Um, (laughs) I think easily all of us I mean we talked about before all of us had them on our list um it that's i mean nine and a half mil eight years it just started this year so i mean in it with a team that is looking at a full rebuild right now having an albatross contract for a guy that's going to be in his 30s when it's done that's rough i i can't you know i don't see that any other way i mean I'll pass it over to you guys, give your initial thoughts, but I know all of us can agree this is not a good one. Yeah. Very interesting to me that they committed to that when they're just basically going through a whole rebuild now. Yeah. And yet they're going to tie up so much of their money on one guy who just doesn't even seem worth it to me, honestly, putting it straight. Well, it's funny because as soon as that contract came out, like – like there's people that were like, oh yeah, Seth Jones is a good defenseman. Like that's a good deal. And then like me and Max were like, that's an awful deal. Yeah, no, it was <laughs> like maybe he's a good defender because he plays a lot of minutes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> is, it, is he a good defender say. because he because he positively impacts um, the play in both the <laughs> offensive zone or the defensive zone, or is he seen as a good defender because he is forced to play 25 minutes a night yeah like (laughs) it's rough too especially when you consider the hawks were going into a possible rebuild before they got them and then they're like oh you know we had a decent season so let we're gonna we're gonna you know we're not selling we're buying so they go out and 
pay a lot for Seth Jones, um, including some young prospects, first-round picks. Adam Poquist was the key prospect in there. Um, and then obviously right after acquiring him, he wasn't UFA right away or RFA or anything like that. He was still had a year left. They immediately signed him for eight more years. So essentially inking him for nine years on the, on the team. And now you see what the outcome is that everyone else on the team is getting offloaded and he's still stuck there and no one is taking that on. Oh God, no, that's, that's, that's not a, that's not tradable. <laughs> well, yeah. it also has a no move clause, so he can <laughs> even, even harder to move. Oh, yeah, you I'm gotta sure wonder he... if when he signed that deal, if he really thought that they were going to be able to keep going and become a contender again, because that's a very interesting choice to have a no move clause and now be locked into a team rebuilding for the next eight years of your contract, basically the next end of your career, essentially at this point. I mean, yeah, unless you somehow can trade him and he can have some sort of tail end to his career, but obviously the Hawks rebuild, they're looking at a, like we've heard from, you know, the scene, they're look, they're looking at a similar case as Arizona, like a five year rebuild in a way, like full blow up obviously they're going for bedard as <laughs> some others but i mean with seth jones on the team it just tar- kills them for the next few years and i i mean he's just stuck there like i don't know what his mental health is going to be like <laughs> do you guys think he regrets signing that deal if uh, i was making nine and a half million dollars a year yeah. i wouldn't reset it regret one second of it yeah i mean would you rather make 8.5 and have a chance of winning yes oh yeah definitely. <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> but, but but what's the best team he's ever been on he he, he always dem- like he, he always not demands top two minutes but he's always given top two minutes that guy isn't a guy that's ever gonna be on a winning team playing top two minutes mm. unless he was gonna take six million dollars a year and play on a second line that's when he could actually win, but he, but no team he plays on is ever going to win with him in top in, on the top pairing, in my opinion. Yeah, and with eight years left on this deal, you can sure bet he probably won't see a lot of winning. But yeah. you never know. <laughs> so my two cents with this: a, I think it was a desperation move, obviously by the Hawks GM to save his job, but also to to hopefully retain Patrick Kane and get him re-signed if he's like if. If Patrick Kane sees that that uh, the GM's adding stars around him, then maybe he considers staying. Um, do you guys remember that like three and a half minute shift Seth Jones played a few years ago on Columbus? Uh, no, I can't say I do. Okay, okay. So so we played a three and a half minute shift, and everyone was like, "Oh my god, this guy's so good for <laughs> for playing three and a half minutes um, at the end of the game." As St. Louis was, or um, sorry as Columbus was was nursing a one goal lead and if you ever go and watch like the actual video of it it's just Seth Jones icing the puck giving the puck away and losing <laughs> puck battles to weaker players like smaller players for three and a half minutes <laughs> would recommend it it is it is uh, a good watch that's yeah I mean that <laughs> And then he got signed to a massive deal a few months later, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, he earned that thing, didn't he? <laughs> yep. <laughs> awesome. Uh, we'll move over to Aaron, and we'll hear your 
what's what's yeah. your top on your list sure so i mean the top one on my list was seth jones but we'll move down a little bit and we're gonna go on to tyler sagan so he was 9.9 for eight years he has five years left currently 30 years old and it's a very interesting contract because i mean he almost deserved it at the time, but since he signed that contract, he hasn't been a point-per-game player since. He's just been injury-ridden, missed a whole bunch of time, and at this point, with five years to go, it just doesn't seem like he's ever going to reg- regain enough to make it worth it. So, Yeah, uh, that's that's a tough one. That's a tough one, because he signed that when he was, what, 26, 27? I think Dallas was in a tough position. Either lose him to free agency or sign him to a massive deal and who knows if they choose chose right or not yeah definitely seems to be a common thing that teams are almost forced to gamble with hoping this player can stay healthy in their 30s and most of the time like in sagan's case it just does not work out yeah with five years left i mean he's had some bad injuries obviously um those are hard to recover from and as we saw it he missed almost the whole season um just uh two years ago at this point um but i mean i have not much sympathy for him because i have a bone to pick with him when it comes to fantasy <laughs> so take that say again <laughs> yeah it'll it'll be a tough next few years for the stars um players that are making way less than him have to step up and, and play better than him in order for them to remain somewhat relevant over there. But It hampers the team so much, though, because you look and they have some really, like, fun, young players, but, like, they're struggling to sign Robertson and Ottinger right now because of those, you know, him and Ben, I would say. Yeah, that's a fact. That's a great point. And, yeah. you know they're almost stuck in the hard reality like you make the playoffs but you're not good enough to win yeah absolutely mm-hmm. so um kyle why don't you right give along. us yours sorry yeah kyle why don't you give us your first worst one yeah so my first um will be sergey bobrovsky um <laughs> the 10 million dollar man down in florida had a decent season last year. Good for him. Um, he's still got a couple of years left on that deal, though, after a couple of rough seasons to start that contract off. Um, my question to you guys is, how much should a goalie be paid? Because we see two goalies in Carey Price and Sergei Bobrovsky making $10 million a year, and neither of them playing like they earn it. Yeah, I mean... Obviously, you look at what Vasilevsky's been paid last two cup wins for him. Um, one of the higher-paid goalies as well, but his contract only just kicked in um, this year. So, really, I mean, that contract of his is just so bloated compared to the rest of the market, at least right now. You look at abundance of goalies, Shesterkin, Demko... You know, he got Soros, like all of these goalies. I can keep going uh, around the five, six million mark. So that's significantly less than Bobrovsky. And for a team that desperately needs the cap space to keep a team together and competitive. Yeah, that's absolutely it, right? Um, yeah. I see 
guys like like Markstrom, Kemper, them making around like six million, which might even be high for Kemper. But I see like six, seven, maybe eight, like the max that you want to play a goalie because the, their performances season to season are just so sporadic. Yeah, you don't well, get consistency out of a goalie. The only goalie that we've seen that's actually consistent in the past five to ten years has been Vashlevsky. Everyone else has been up and down. Um, it's really just hoping that you harness the good season or, and, are, and are able to take advantage of that. Yeah. Yeah, um, I would totally agree with that. Just for a goalie like Bobrovsky to be worth that amount every year for the seven years of his contract, I just don't see it happening. Like, I think that range that you said, Kyle, six to eight mil, that seems reasonable. And most of the best goalies right now, will you'll find them in that range. So it just seems, it's very interesting to me why they needed to pay him that much like were other teams going to offer him that much too was he really worth that much at the time it doesn't really seem like it when you look at the going rate for goalies nowadays but i mean i guess who knows what the situation was i mean back then he only really had he was very he was one of the top goaltenders obviously as we know and the best one on the market at the time um the only really contract he was comparable to was Carey Price who was signed at 10.5 mil no one else was even close at that time I believe um, that's true yeah so obviously with that being said he probably looked at that and was like well I'm basically you know or at least a very little bit worth the same as him so I can get that much and since then we have yet to see a contract even close to that you guys have been saying roughly six to eight mil for a goalie but if you look at it the goalie breakdowns go carry price ten and a half Bobrovsky ten mil Vasilevsky nine and a half then it goes all the way down to 6.4 with Gibson so there's a big jump in money right there. that's a crazy jump yeah so no you one see that in asking. any other position everywhere else is very like oh gradual yeah and then you look at the six to five mil mark and there's like 12 names and they're all more or less pretty good. <laughs> so Exactly. You're getting your old marks. You're getting your yeah. Anderson, stuff oh, yeah. like that, right? There's, there's some, I can keep, I can go on, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So follow up question to that is does having an elite goalie increase your chance of winning a cup? I can give you the facts. I first would say you yes. Okay. But also with the asterisks of. Okay. I I was just going to say, I feel like if your elite goalie is taking up that much cap space where you can't build a strong, deep team around them, then no. But an elite goalie for a better price, for sure. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't think anyone would complain about having Shesterkin for (laughs) 5.6. Absolutely not. Absolutely (laughs) not. If we're looking at the last seven cup winning goaltenders um we got kemper vasilevsky bennington holby murray crawford and quick and i guess you could kind of put flurry in there a little bit too with pittsburgh's murray um but i but the only two goalies that i think were above average on that list like for more than like a two season stretch were quick and vasilevsky everyone else was just a Kind of like a middle, middle of the road goalie that got hot at the right time and took them all the way. Yeah, I mean, 
they were still very good goalies, obviously. And we're not saying before that they weren't, but you can't say Holby was going to do what he did in the playoffs that year to win them the cup. You think of that save on Alex Tuck. Oh. So yeah. The paddle, oh my god. <laughs> um, Bennington, obviously, since then, basically dropped off Matt Murray. <laughs> big, big drop off, but uh, yeah, I mean, in a way, like you said, it's interesting not having an elite goalie, more so just the right timing, and that really goes to show with that position how voodoo it is, really. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully Georgiev this year pulls some of that voodoo <laughs> out of out of thin air and a uh, little yeah. back-to-back action for the boys. I mean, I would say you have a good shot. <laughs> we'll find out. Um, Max, what's number two on your list? Well, I had a lot to choose from from this one particular team. I will cover one part of this team because I know Kyle. <laughs> wink or hint hint to the future but Kyle will cover the next guy but I'm going for Mark Edward Vlasic um, obviously four years left on a with seven mil a year this contract's hampered them for years now um, on a team that has struggled to stay relevant and um, you know has really just struggled with this contract being on the back end and he is you know, definitely not lived up to that. So I'll pass it over to you guys after this. Yeah, he he, he was on Team Canada that one year, right? Yes. Yeah. And since then, I don't think he's done much right. No. <laughs> I mean, like... he He was outstanding defensively, but... It's hard to say. I mean, eight-year deal for a guy like that. I believe when he signed it, he would have been thirty years old, oh. roughly. So he's lo- you're looking at paying the guy till he's thirty-eight. Um, not maybe the best idea, especially for a guy that maybe not doesn't deserve it. That's for sure. Yeah, he was always great defensively, but like other than that, like there were no skills that ever stood out as like game changing. Yeah, I mean, obviously points aren't everything. Like you said, defensively he was always there, but he'd never really had the points to to have that two A ness or at least that you know bonus to get that money or in a way like you know two A ness to him. Um, just looking at it now, I mean. And also health issues a little bit here and there, but really just kind of floating out there, I would say, right now. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to commit to signing a guy till he's 38 years old, he's got to have some solid points in the past to back it up, and I just don't see that from him. It just seems like you, you got to wonder what the thought was behind that signing because it just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I mean... I, yeah, I could see this contract being bought out next year. I know there was heavily rumored about it being bought out this year, and it didn't. They didn't. Um, with them in San Jose kind of going through, a, you know, being an interesting team, I would say. You know, they got some good pieces here and there, but do they make playoffs? I don't think so at all. Um, 
but then you look at what they have on their team and how many pieces they have locked up. It's it's, it's tough tough gig for uh, I believe it's Mike Greer now. Yeah, yeah, he's in he's in tough with with just their cap situation in general, and and I mean it's not like he even has like a lot of flexibility, any freedom, like the next like five years really. No, until yeah. until your guy Vlasic and the guy I'm, we're about to talk about right now, Carlson, <laughs> uh, until their contracts are up or until they can get moved, uh, they're just in a rough position. Like, I guess that's a good segue into Carlson, where he's making eleven point five million dollars for the next five years. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's taking up that's taking up fourteen percent of their cap on one player that that has lost several steps. And he's very injury yeah. prone. I mean, he he had a he had some good stretches last season, but it's just not the Carlson that we're used to. Um, it just yeah. sucks that they dug this hole for themselves, trying to stay relevant with declining assets. Um, yeah, it's really putting them in a in a tough position. Yeah, I mean, again, I'll mention it. He's thirty two right now with five years left. So again, another defenseman you're paying up until late stages of their thirties. And again, a guy who's injury prone. Maybe, I mean, don't want to want knock on wood right now, but I mean, maybe doesn't even make it to the end of that contract with the amount of injuries he's gone through. And every year, he, like you said, good stretches, but then follows it up with a poor injury. Sad. Yeah, at this point, I'd be surprised if he lasts. Yeah, could be a destined LTIR LTIR contract. Robida Island. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so so my question kind of revolving around Carlston for you guys. Um, so we we're kind of talking about it earlier how how the lack of possession and and the lack of scoring chances in hockey versus like a sport like basketball. There's so much more luck and randomness involved in hockey. Is it worth it to stay competitive with a middle of the road team or should you be pulling the plug earlier than you th- than you anticipate uh, well <clears throat> it's that's a tricky question because really it, it's really up to everyone's personal opinion because you look at teams that every year go on like you said luck or go on cinderella runs during the playoffs, maybe pull it off when they weren't really the favorites. You see a lot of times in the NBA, really, when the team's a favorite, more or less, they're always they're, they're favorites for a reason, and they usually almost pull it off. Uh, NHL, it's such a wild card with teams. like, And the decision to stay relevant and, you know, in a way, mediocre... Um, can hurt them in the long run and we're seeing that with really teams like san jose we just talked about chicago how they're basically stuck with such a contract which ideally in the first place they shouldn't have ever gotten and whatnot yeah Um, and 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 another one too is philadelphia too yeah um just trying to sign a bunch of guys that can put together a decent season but there's there's no plan there yeah i mean it's just basically putting 
everything on the like you know just putting it all out there and no real plan or anything just kind of oh yeah let's get this guy get him out there and try and do it not you know none of this big you know three five year plan or outlook i would say because i mean ideally before eric carlson in this case gets signed surely you can look at it and be like okay if we're paying a guy an 11 and a half mil till he's 37 surely that's gonna hurt us in a couple of years and well we're seeing it already it was pretty it meant pretty quickly that it was hurting them you got to think about how much thought and planning comes into all these decisions too though like it's not like they're going into these contracts assuming they're going to work out poorly like you know they they think they have a plan they think it's going to work out and i think it's just it's so hard to admit that it didn't work sometimes i think max you mentioned the whole mediocrity thing just being a mediocre team together for, sorry a mediocre team forever like a team could easily do that but it's just all the management finally admitting, okay, we have to just make ourselves bad for a little bit so we can get better. They just have to cross that line. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we basically saw that happen with Chicago. They finally realized that that they were not going to be competitive with the current team and completely blew it up this summer. Um, and, and that's hard. I mean, obviously, the hard you decision, know, fans yeah. don't like that. And it's hard to attract attention when you do that to your team. But in a few years, you know, that might be the best thing they ever did. Yeah. 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 I mean. Mad respect for blowing it up and actually trying to pull the <laughs> winner much, in my yeah. mind. Um, Aaron, who's who, who's your next talking point? Yeah. So we're going to go back to the defense here. Um, following up the Jones signing, I had Darnell Nurse. So, Jones kind of set the bar for defense here. Um, and we saw Nurse sign a 9.3 mil deal. He has eight years left in that contract here, which is a lot for somebody who's kind of struggled early on in his career. He had one real breakthrough year, but he hasn't really, in my opinion anyways, established himself as a true number one defense yet. I mean, he's he has his moments. You know, he plays a lot of ice time, but he just has so much inconsistencies in his game still that, in my opinion anyways, I just don't think he's worth that price tag yet. Um, yeah. yeah. Which ahead, when you look yeah. at players like, like McAvoy and, and McCarr that are making the same amount of money as him, but but making their team so much better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not even... He's not even on the top power play. Like his points, I mean, he had 35 points this year. They just don't line up at all with any of those other top defense in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he had that one pretty big season, and like we see most of the time in NHL, really, that's almost in a way all it takes, and he got paid. And basing off of that Seth Jones deal, he go he went for what you know in a way the number one defenseman on the team gets paid um, we saw so many of them that summer get paid around that same mark and um, I mean he's about he, he had a he lost a lot of value I would say because of his playoff run he was injured um, he got a lot of hate I know that I like him as a player but 
do I think he's worth that much? No, but um, I think he does add a lot of value to the team. And I know he has great buddies with uh, McDavid, if that helps, because I know Edmonton, obviously, behind the scenes, wants to keep McDavid there, obviously, long term, and keep him happy. (laughs) Do you think that that played into their decision to offer him that big of a contract? Do you think McDavid was had a say in that or was in their ear a little bit? I mean, I don't think he had much of a say. I mean, I obviously, I think him being a good locker room guy um, plays big, obviously, so they want to keep him on the team long term. Um, but as for value-wise and what he can bring, it's not as big as some of these other guys um, around him at that price point. Um, it's again a contract that is just now kicking in its first year so there's eight years left and by the time he's done it he'll be 36 years old so again a guy ending in his 30s whereas a guy um i don't want to talk too much about some of these other good or good contracts but some of these other defensemen are a lot younger than him making similar money so you know it was a big risk. I think the nurse contract was just a damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of thing. Like, like nurse had the number he wanted, and he's either going to sign that contract or walk to free agency. And Edmonton's a lot worse without nurse in their lineup oh, most yeah. nights. Oh, yeah. I mean, he plays so much. He obviously, you know, is out there for a reason, and they need him on that team, or else God knows what they would be looking like, especially last year. Yeah. Yeah, that's that. Um, moving on to our third go around, Max. Who you got next? Yeah, I mean, I'll make this quick because I just realized we've been talking for a while, guys. I viewers just forewarning you. Obviously, clearly, this is not a podcast ending at an hour. <laughs> we were talking before this. We thought this would end in roughly forty-five minutes, but we sure know how to talk a lot more than we know. Um, anyways, though, I'll go over to my next one, and as you can almost maybe tell, I'm going off of a theme here, I'm going all defensemen, uh, this next one, uh, again, just kicking in this year, uh, it's Colton Pareko, so eight years left, six and a half mil per on a team that, obviously trying to be super competitive trying to win now with what they have and how deep their team is but that contract in a way is starting to hurt them now and it's going to be really bad later on as well so i'll pass it over to you guys give your thoughts there yeah i i feel i feel bad for the guy because like yeah he should be a, a fantastic defenseman but just a couple of injuries really really hampered his progression in the last couple of years and and it looks like it's going to affect him pretty long term and in, in turn it'll it'll affect the team and the, and the, the dynamic that they're able to bring to the ice season after season long term yeah i would agree with that for sure like i can understand them wanting to keep him seeing as they are in that win now mode but for that long at his age again just all these signings we're seeing where they're being signed when they're almost 30 years old they just never seem to end well and i just feel like in a few years as you guys just said 
it's just not going to be worth it anymore. And they're just going to be stuck with him. And at that point where maybe they want to make some changes, but they're not going to be able to. Yeah. I mean, you can look throughout the whole team. I'm looking at it right now. You got Justin Falk, Tori Krug, Pareko, and Letty all signed for the next four years. Plus, Letty's the four-year one. Everyone else is longer. So they're and like all of them uh, are all what around thirty uh, years old. All of those guys, thirty, thirty-one, thirty-one. Yeah, so they're so very stuck. They're to say the least. Top four, as you would call it, defensemen are all the top four for the next four years because those contracts also all no trade clauses on them. So wow, <laughs> that's <laughs> going to be their defense for the next while, as you can see. Um, Yikes. You got Scandella signed for two years, Bortuzzo signed for two years. <laughs> like, that's the same decor you're seeing for the next while. Yeah, they don't really have any young defense at all looking at their roster here. No, I mean, the, the only one that comes to mind is that Scott Perunovic. Oh, um, yeah, that's true. They're really hoping can, you know, break through. But I don't even know how he gets much ice time based off of what you're paying these guys <laughs> and who they are, really. Because they just yeah, they had Vince Dunn and so. then lost him in the expansion yeah. draft. That was a young the only real player. prospect they had for a few years there. Yeah, so would be interesting here <laughs> for them. I mean, win now mode. If they can win a cup next year, maybe my mind changes on it. But it's not looking good in the future. Exactly. Uh, Aaron, what's your last contract? Yeah, so my last one is back with another team who has many questionable contracts to choose from. Um, but Philadelphia, I've gone with Kevin Hayes. So his was seven years, 7.1 mil. Still has four years left. And I mean, just the point production from him to deserve that contract just doesn't really make a lot of sense. That season before he signed there, he had... 55 points in 71 games. That was by far his best season. Since then, the three years after that contract, he had 41 points, 31 points, 31 points. So at this point, you just can't really see much room for growth. Yeah, I mean, you're paying like a, ideally, a good top nine guy, but you're paying him first line money, debatably. And you know we talked about it on the team trying to stay relevant and try and keep things together and try and get a good team out there but that contract is hurting them and you see with the theme with a lot of these contracts when they get signed almost immediately everyone is saying it's a bad deal and i remember when this was signed everyone <laughs> was laughing like how did he get this money um like aaron said he didn't have much point you know, much of the points to back him up. I, I mean, I don't know exactly as a player. I've watched much, but I don't think he's that great defensively. So I don't know what he really did to earn that, especially that long of a deal. You're looking yeah, at well, there's another common theme here is that he's 30 years old already. Yeah. And for that length of time, like we've seen with all these other bad contracts we've talked about already, it's just at 30 years old, there's not going to be, you're not going to peak after 30 years old like you gotta think the peak has already happened so yeah kyle what's your thoughts this yeah just just trying too hard to stay relevant 
trying trying to put players into spots that they will not succeed in, and that's why Philadelphia is one of the worst teams in the league last <laughs> season, and it's probably going to be one of the worst teams in the league this season. Oh yeah, it's just bad contracts all around. Yeah, I mean, none of us mentioned it, but Ristolainen is a, mm-hmm. another prominent one we talked about beforehand. Um, they just signed Nick Delorier for four years for a fourth line grinder who will probably be scratched most games. Um, under Tortorella, he might play though. Who knows? Um, play a lot. Fuck. Yeah, he'll be playing more than Hayes. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's my bold prediction for this season. Delorier has more minutes than Hayes. Wow. <laughs> Hayes, Hayes could get injured. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, question I had for you guys. It's kind of on the same topic of Philadelphia. I'll try and make it quick here as we don't want to go too, too long today. But if we just talked about San Jose and Philly, how about I was to say you had the takeover team right now as GM. Which one would you rather pick and be? Yeah, both uh, tough choices. Uh, <laughs> none of the above. <laughs> Stay uh, at your desk. Though. I'll take the early retirement. <laughs> Wait, did I have options, or, or was that an open question to like any team? Sorry, I no, I think my, no, I no. Your no, your options are be a GM for the Sharks right now or Flyers. Sharks or Flyers? <laughs> sharks or Flyers? Um, see, I like a lot of the players on on the Flyers. Like, I think Konechny's like a yeah a decent player. I think if you surround him with the right people, he would be decent. Um, same with Farabee. I really like Farabee. Uh, I'd say flyers in a heartbeat, probably. Yeah, I I agree. I think it's. Yeah, I would agree as well. There's just very slightly more potential there. Absolutely. Yeah. What kind of prospects? San Jose, look, Sorry, San Jose just looks way older. For this. Both teams are just. Uh, I guess sharks have better prospects though. Mm. That's gonna be the only trade-off because they have that that Eklund kid that they drafted last year. He should be a good goal scorer. He might even make the team next year, by the yeah. sounds of it. Yeah, he might. Um, <laughs> he'd be exciting, but at the same time, like both those teams, just like most of the players who are in their prime right now, obviously the team sucks or they're too old. <laughs> Yeah, San Jose is undoubtedly older, though, and more locked in than this, I would say. It's close, though. So, I I would choose Philadelphia, because you can still, like, like, you can still flip Konechny, Farabee. You might not get a lot for them, based on how the team's doing in the standings, and that and then buy out Hayes Van Riemsdyk expires next year. Ristolainen, you could probably trade with a little bit of an incentive because people love big right-handed defensemen. It doesn't matter if they can't skate, if they're dumb, if they're if they're like so... like it doesn't matter as long as they're righties and they can. 
So is he going tall. to the Canucks then? Sorry? <laughs> is he going to the Canucks then? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Ristolainen would fit in great playing behind <laughs> Myers and... Oh, God. And Poolman. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's my answer. And, and they got Carter Hart, who could still turn into something. Goalies are so tough, right? Like, oh, yeah. he could do amazing next year, or he could shit the bed again. Um, moving on now. I still have one to do, right? Yeah, you do. Yeah. So my last one was Charlie Coyle. Um, reason being is just that he's not playing the role that they need from him. He was signed to do top six center role, and he has n- not done that at all. Um, I'm still amazed by that contract because he signed for 5.25 um, a year when he's had 32 points in, in, in a season. So kind of a sign the deal and wish, wish, wish that he turns into a player that he isn't. Yeah, and okay. that just didn't happen. Um, yeah. yeah I mean, that... we You brought that same point up, I think, the you know two podcasts ago when we were talking about the free agency and how boston haven't done anything and you literally said how did coil get that <laughs> um and the answer is i i, I don't know what he did because the uh, it's hurting them and we're seeing that with them again trying to be competitive with what they have on, on the roster um and they're you know haven't done a lot this summer because of it they're just so locked into these guys that aren't performing to their roles really yeah yeah i mean not that boston has too too much time left in in the window that they're currently in but but it's definitely affecting how competitive they can be if they had a top six center that was the quality of like a william carlson instead i bet they would be probably stanley cup well not not this past year because colorado was so dominant but um they probably would have won another cup in the last 10 years so yeah and they keep bringing in people to really try and fill that second center spot they just had Hala. now they're flipping him for zaka so they're just who who won't be able to do that spot either no offense to zaka but just just yeah. didn't develop the way that everyone thought he would and 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 that doesn't even mention like Nick Felino as well who's not been able to do it like there's been it's just been a carousel oh yeah yeah i mean i think you had a point about it but past Nick being done in a year oof that would be interesting and, yeah and and Bergeron probably done in a year how old Mark- is Pasternak now he's 26 26. 26. So, he, so, so he, he could very easily go somewhere and get a long, longer-term deal. Oh, wow. yeah. Oh, yeah. He's the UFA as well, so they can lose him for nothing, which would be really bad. Uh, yeah, with the way Boston's looking in the next couple of years, I'd be pretty surprised if he stuck around, to be honest. But it sucks because they just put McAvoy under a huge contract, too, and McAvoy's unreal, so... Yeah, they it's have... so hard to line up all these guys, though. Like You have only like a couple year window where all these players are going to be at their 
best at the same time. And then all of a sudden, you know, you lose one or two key players and that's it. But then you're locked into your contracts with those other guys who now, I mean, it's great. They're there, but you just don't have the pieces around them to actually use them to their potential. Yeah. Welcome to uh, NHL. (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy. It's the game where teams change really all the time and really everyone's core is never fully set in like like you think players are together forever or and then really out of nowhere it changes like florida this is going back yeah. to last week i didn't even realize who could be someone they would trade makes more <laughs> sense based off his contract and everything but really like i i don't uh you just never know nowadays yeah, it's funny you think about like what would be to G- be the gm for a day like here we are sort of trash talking all these contracts they've made but it is such a gamble like how are you going to know who's going to stay healthy for four or five years you know who's going to get inj- injured one year and that's it like it's a crazy it's a crazy market yeah oh yeah yeah i mean like we said time and time again this past you know last little bit going over these contracts you know you're signing for eight years going into their late 30s mid 30s it's i mean in a perfect world that thing lives up to it but i most cases like this is not a perfect world that yeah it's so rare yeah like you know it's just the ever-changing game and really the only deals you see being long-term deals you see being effective are when they're younger i would say and they're ending at their late 20s if anything and that's what with florida went with with kajak yeah yeah i think like one of the questions that comes to mind is like will it ever change will teams stop giving out these eight-year contracts seven-year contracts to 30 and 31 year olds or will it always be just a way of doing business and saying like like kind of what pittsburgh's doing now where it's like okay we had a lot of good years we want to remain competitive for the rest of crosby's career let's just keep on throwing money at people and just remaining like like competitive team in the sense of making a playoff spot but but not necessarily a competitive team in the sense of getting past the first or second round, just based off of the durability, the durability of where the players' careers are at. Yeah, I mean, it's a good point. Who who knows? Like, you you need like some, in a way, so like almost one management group now to do that, like kind of refuse these deals, and change the game and you know go on some runs in a way like it's not going to change with um with how it is nowadays like gms are coming in and doing more or less the same thing throwing out oodles of money not really uh you know thinking about too much of that or are these eight-year deals actually being worth it like especially ones that go into their 30s and whatnot yeah well you said like a 
like a group of GMs. Like it would have to take 32 GMs to be on the same page about it, yeah. or else somebody else is going to pay that contract. And yeah, and, I mean, and the cycle will just continue to just just everyone trying to remain somewhat competitive. I wish I knew like the numbers, like the business side of the NHL a little bit more, so so I could be like, oh, you know what? It actually makes sense to sign this deal because this team is going to profit this much over the course of that contract based on the fact that player is on the team. Yeah, I mean, that's like still like not talking, side. Oh, exactly. Like not talking like 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 a winnability and like and like that thing, but like when it comes to jersey sales, ticket sales, um like playoff ticket sales, just all the things that 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 not legacy player but like but that name and that brand bring with that contract it's it would be super interesting to find out like the little ins and outs of it and 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 truly see like what deals are actually terrible deals and what deals are just like a part of doing business yeah like (laughs) i feel like in a way when it comes to the hockey side of things most likely gms would agree these deals aren't worth it but business wise it who knows i mean i would love to know i love to be able to sit down and talk and see how these actually unfold for teams like but i feel like undoubtedly so so if the vancouver connects want to invite us one day to like go through numbers and (laughs) stuff i'd be totally down (laughs) yeah if we can just you know sit in you know guy trained down joining some contract talks for bo horvat yeah hell yeah <laughs> make it happen guys <laughs> our, our following's big enough to do that right oh yeah it'll, it'll get there they'll hit yeah they'll exactly. hear. Mm-hmm. yeah it will push up the chain yeah. um yeah so i guess that's kind of where we'll finish off for this episode um man we love to talk yeah <laughs> holy crap <laughs> um but that's what we're here for that's 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 what we're doing so uh thank you aaron for joining us um and we hope to have you back many more times thank you max for setting everything up as always and always give us your feedback follow the instagram page what's the what's the sign max at chell stars perfect we got some blooper videos up and we'll we'll keep on coming up with ideas for there too um but once again, thanks for joining us, and we hope to have you join us next time as yeah. well. <laughs> next time, we'll actually finish our discussion on these contracts since we've <laughs> completely overblown it today. Uh, we will finish what our plan next episode. Yeah, we got a bit too into the bad one, so maybe next week there'll be some positivity out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a very pessimistic episode. <laughs> You're totally right. Yeah, we're no, uh, we're never having any player on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We will, we will never get a player guest. Yeah, we're <laughs> talking we're, about players like we're, <laughs> we're too negative. <laughs> yeah. All awesome. right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. I'll let Kyle do basically a second outro since he kind of already, well, already did, it. did it. So I don't think I need to do another one. But uh, I guess thanks again for listening, and uh, see you next time. Bye.